Welcome or welcome back to Trail and Ultra Running Training. This week I have Logan DeCamp on the podcast. He is a fellow Utah coach and we originally bonded because we decided to carpool down to a conference in Phoenix together. And on that drive, we started chatting and realized that both of us had gotten into fitness as a result of losing our dads at relatively young ages. We got together to talk about purpose and changing your situation and how much environment plays in you hitting your goals. There's a lot in this conversation and I think you'll get something out of it. And if you do, please share it with somebody, follow, subscribe, any of those buttons that tell the podcast gods that this is something you enjoy listening to, I would really appreciate it. It helps get the show out to more people, which is the only reason I do this in the first place. All right, let's get into the interview. Welcome to the Trail and Ultra Running Training Podcast. My name is Will Franz, and I'm here to help you improve your training so you can have more fun out on the trails. Welcome back to the podcast. This week, I have Logan Camp on. He is a friend I met a year ago. We were going to the same conference together for other fitness people and drove all the way down there from here all the way down to Phoenix. When you spend 24 hours in a car with someone over the course of a couple of days, you get to know them pretty well. And I thought Logan would be a pretty good fit for here. So Logan, how about you tell people a little bit about yourself, what you do, like who you work with in fitness, because I know it's not normally who we hear about on this podcast. Yeah. Well, first of all, Will, thank you so much for having me on. Um, I'm super excited to get to chat with you and just uh, hopefully be able to help at least one person a day. I mean, like that's my mission and like that's what really um, that's what really drives me. I'm out of bed is just help at least one per person a day. So real quick before like I just kind of tell like who I am and things like that. Um, I did want to say for those that are um, watching this on either, uh, YouTube or, or, um, I'm in their car or on a run. Um, I do have a speech impediment. Um, so if you hear me like mumble a couple times, I promise it's not the zoom or the mic, just please bear with me. But, um, yeah, so kind of who I am and please feel free to stop me at a mini point. Cause this is like a very, very long story that I've been, you know, really, um, trying to get a better understanding of, especially as I continue to get older, because I strongly believe like our past, um, it shapes us into who we are today, right? So kind of who I am, I am from um, Illinois um, at, at a very young age, um, at 13, I started smoking weed, drinking alcohol, and um, really just, I, I just started to go down the wrong, the wrong path in life. Um, and you know, at 15, I don't know what made me say yes, but my mom, you know, she came up to me and asked if I was wanting to move with her to Monroe City, uh, excuse me, Monroe City, Missouri, which is a small town about I'm an hour from where I was um, in Illinois. At the time, I didn't know, but like that was a very big moment in my life because it allowed me to completely change my environment. Um, and really put myself in a new friend group, a new life and, and everything else. And like, that's when like, I started to get um, in, involved in golf. And that was also a time when I started to have more anxiety and like, uh, uh, excuse me, anxiety and uh, more social settings and things, things like that. Because um, 
you know, I was 15. I was having to move to a completely new town where like I didn't know nobody. And uh, it was de- it was definitely a hard time for sure. So, you know, that kind of that kind of led me to being um, the kid that didn't really uh, that kid that didn't really the, the kid that didn't fit in well. And um, I started to really just overall, like take this mentality of like golf is like ultimately like my saver almost, right? Like people are not going to make fun of me out on the golf course for like my speech impediment. And like, I fit in most on the golf course. So like, I just went all in on golf and I, and I actually got a degree in golf course management. And, you know, I kind of went down this road as I got all this, um, education and experience in golf course management of, you know, I cannot come on podcasts like this. I cannot do trainings and I cannot do things. Uh, I cannot basically do any jobs where like I have to talk to people because people are just going to make fun of me for my speech impediment. Like that's, that that's kind of the story that like I told myself for like a long time. Sure. And, you know, it led me down a road to where I became very successful in golf course management so successful that like I was able to do um excuse me I was able to do internships at some of these very high caliber golf courses um in Georgia I went to Belle Reve in St. Louis Missouri which held the PGA championship I went over to Colorado a golf course over there and then I finally ended up in Los Angeles California I was I was about two miles away from Santa Monica Pier um, and I got to work at a very high caliber golf course where like, I got to meet people like Mark Wahlberg. I saw him all the time. It was just like a regular occurrence, you know, seeing him, but I just remember, um, at that point in my life, even though I had all this success, I was able to go from a 13 year old, nearly dropout, smoking weed, drinking alcohol to where I'm living in Los Angeles, Cal- Los Angeles, California before the age of 21 but I'm so unhappy and depressed with my life. And that was a very hard time for me, but you know, I didn't fully understand it at the time, but I started to realize later in life that I sort of played a victim to my past experiences. And in 2020 is when I started to look around, I realized how fitness has really saved my life and it helped my mom, you know, lose over 100 pounds. And then I started to learn more about nutrition and exercise. And I realized that, you know, it could have potentially helped save, save my dad from a lot of cardiovascular disease and cancer that he went through. So I made a big change in 2020. I moved to Utah. Um, and now I've, I've been a functional nutrition and fitness coach for the past three years. Yes, man. That is huge. Like it's a, it's a lot there. What made you like make that jump from, I don't know. I can assume that a job doing golf course management in Southern California pays fairly well and is fairly successful. And I can tell you from being on the fitness end of things, the first couple of years of that are rough. (laughs) So like what kind of makes you make that transfer from something that most people would see as like a very successful start, like almost end, right? When you're pretty young to actually making, trying to pursue this path that is objectively a lot harder. Yeah, no, I mean, you hit the nail on the head as far as fitness industry, especially when you first get going, um, doesn't make a lot of money. It's a bitch, dude. Yeah, 
Like it's I'll be, hard. I'll be upfront and uh, I'll be upfront with you. Will like in 2020, my salary is like about 50 K a year. And with one decision overnight, I went from 50 K a year to $25,000 a year. Mm-hmm. Sounds I, right. I cut my salary in half with one decision overnight. It was really scary. I don't know if I would take that big of a leap again. Never say never. Right. But um, at the time in 2020, something that I resonate a lot with, and I've said it on past podcasts and trainings, and I've said it to clients a lot too, because I really, really resonate a lot with this. And I've seen it in some, in, in some of my clients as well too. But Tony Robbins says that you will not change until the pain of staying the same starts to exceed the pain of, of change. Right. And for me, that's what my life was like in 2020. I was so depressed, unhappy. I was the worst person to be, excuse me. I was the worst person to be around because I was so frustrated all the time and just not in a good mood. So at that time, it was just like, I don't want to be in this anymore. I don't care what I have to do, but I'm going to make a change. I get that. And I mean, a lot of people here kind of know my background, but you know, same deal working night shift and grooming and a job I enjoyed, but a lifestyle I hated and you just sometimes got to make the leap and make moves towards it. I feel like, I don't know, that's not necessarily enough a lot of the time, right? Like for me, it was my, my dad dying that kind of like finally pushed me towards this like health and fitness space. And it was this like long, long shift. And I think that sometimes something big is needed as a catalyst to like help you find this purpose, right? Because otherwise you end up in this long suffering that like, yeah, yeah, you're not a great person to be around, whatever. But it's not like you see that because it's not like one day you're this like happy shining star. And then the next day it's just like, ah, well, I suck. (laughs) It's uh it's usually this like slow progression um, down that turns you into something you don't want or something you do. Like we see this on the other end with fat loss, right? Like most people don't see it overnight and then they don't even notice the day-to-day change. But if you, this is why you take progress photos for that goal yeah. a lot of the time, even if you don't share them with somebody else, they're often helpful. Right. And if we like look at what pushed you to like make this shift, what were some of the things in your life that like, made fitness so important to you that money and location and everything else didn't really seem to matter? Yeah, that's a good question, Will. And, you know, if if I take myself um, back and I put myself in that situation that I was in in 2020, some, some of the things that were the biggest shift for me was a couple of things. One is 2020 was a crazy year, um, very, very a hard year for a lot Understand of people. Understatement of the century. <laughs> yeah, we don't, we don't have to go down that rabbit hole, but uh, yeah. Yeah, we get one apocalypse in your life, man. It's a rough time for sure. <laughs> and like, um, I was in LA. So, I mean, we had riots, we had chaos. I mean, yeah, absolutely. It was, it was nuts down there. But in a way, although the world was in a shit storm, um, it was one of the best years for me. And I know that might sound crazy, but the reason why is because the world shutdown allowed me to work less and really get a good understanding of like what I'm doing with my life. And 
uh, you know, again, if I put myself back in 2020 um, at that time, some of the biggest things that kind of led me to the fitness, the fitness industry was one, I was like, I was looking at how fitness has always been there for me through like the rough times. It helped me get through um, anxiety, um, excuse me, anxiety, depression, like a lot of other things as well, too. And then I also looked at, well, my mom was able to make such a big change from being, I think she was over 300 pounds and she lost like over 100 pounds and just completely became a new person. um, Yeah, it's like a huge accomplishment. Um, So like I saw that and I was like, and I just started to play with this idea of, well, I mean, the, the world shut down. I can't. I can't really work. So I guess I'll just pick up a NASM textbook and I'll just start studying fitness. <laughs> and uh, that's kind of what I did. And um, I started making like work, like, cause I mean, I had nothing else to do Will. like I couldn't work. So I was making like workout videos and I was just getting um, obsessed with fitness and things like that. And, you know, a big driving force that also moved me to where I am here in Utah was that my wife was wrapping up school at BYU. And I also love the Rocky Mountains. So that's kind of why like I moved over here. Um, That's why I was so, so specific to Utah um, is because my wife is over here. But, you know, what kind of got me in the fitness was, was one, things just slowed down. And I just started to look at how beneficial fitness was for me but to my mom. And then I just became obsessed about it. And it just kind of just led from there. Makes a lot of sense to me, man. I know. I mean, yeah, the Rocky mountains are kind of my home. So I feel you like that's exactly why I'm still here in many ways as well. I grew up with them in New Mexico, et cetera. They always like feel like my home space. Um, But I feel like something you have done a couple of times and didn't like make the connection to is like changing your environment. Right. So when you were 13, shit went down you were not in the place that was great for a 13 year old or really anybody but I've seen the other end of that like I actually haven't talked about that much on here some people probably don't know this I was I hung out a lot with like punk kids when I was in my like 16 17 year old era and I never fall into it but like punk crowd lots of drugs I just like the music and mosh pitting and hanging out and like a lot of those guys are my friends but I definitely know more than a handful of people who have died from heroin and alcohol and all sorts of other stuff. And it's like you often see in the drug addiction community that you have to change your environment. Right. I think that's true kind of across the board. There's the old phrase by somebody. I first heard it from Tim Ferriss, but it's like you are the average of the five people you talk to most or something like that. And I think a lot of the time changing your environment is needed. And I feel like you've done that more than you've noted, right? So like you have made a lot of these moves, you have made a lot of shifts, and it always seems to lead to something different. Like what have you found is, I mean, maybe it was just accidental, but if were any of those intentional? And then like, how do you talk to about, about that with mm-hmm. people who you're coaching, like changing your environment so they can get to their goals? Yeah. No. And I mean, you bring up a good, a very, very great point, Will, um, because since I mean, since the age that I moved to um, Missouri at 15, that was a shift in my environment. And then later at 17, because my birthday's in July, so I graduated at 17. But um, I moved the, um, to a small town to go to 
college, which was another shift in my environment. And then I went to Georgia, which was another shift in my environment. And then I moved to Ohio State University, which is another shift in my environment. Like, so there was a lot of shifts in my environment from the age of 13 to probably 22 years old. And I do credit a lot of my, a, a lot of my, excuse me, a lot of my, um, words of heart, sorry. I credit a lot of my character traits to the shift in my environment. Um, especially having to go through like 120 hour work weeks. That's a lot on you mentally, physically, and, and <laughs> emotionally. Very, very rough time. Um, Cause in golf course world, if there is a tournament going on, you are there all the time, but you know, so your environment definitely dictates a lot of what you're going to get in life. Right. So for example, one of the biggest ones that I see a lot is like people's house might be a mu- like a mess. Right. And people might not think much of that. Like, Oh, my house, you know, it's kind of cluttered. It's got stuff everywhere. You know, if we look deeper, there might be certain areas of, of your life that are also maybe a little bit messy as well, too, because you don't have so much structure. Right. So, you know, your environment and not only like the people, excuse me, not not only like the way your house is, but like the people you hang yourself around as well, too, really determines a lot of where you're going to go in life. Because one of the best thing I did was join a mentorship group where like I found people like you and I, you know, I'm, I'm able to network with people that are very, you know, a higher up and more successful than I am. And it really, you know, allows me to get more per a more clear perspective on how those people think, behave and, you know, overall, uh, um, overall uh, operate on a day to day basis. And, you know, looking at clients and how like I translate that information to them as well, too. It's like, you know, really make sure you're surrounding yourself with a very um, supportive environment, you know, people that, you know, want to see you win and are going to be there, you know, to show you like some tough love as well, too. Um, And, you know, make sure like, you you know, your house and like you make your bed and like, you know, just make sure it's not like a cluttered mess as well, too. Or some of like the biggest ones I see is your friend group and just you know, where like you live and how that looks is some of the biggest things that I believe really dictates and determines the power of your environment. And and I really agree. And I think one of the things that can be really tough for people, though, is that a friend group, right? Let's social environment, right? Like, it's really not that hard to clean your house. Like, I, I get it. It's a pain. I have like, some neurospicy tendencies. So like me cleaning often looks like huh, it's eight hours later and I've been scrubbing something for way too long. But like your friend group is a tough thing because you have attachments to people, bonds as we get older, like, dude, I'm 33. Nobody wants to make friends at 33, right? <laughs> like it's, or 34 rather. Birthday was like a couple of weeks ago. It's like, nobody wants to make friends at 34. Like they're kind of, we're all kind of like set in our ways and stable and like, if you were trying to make this big shift, though, that might be a thing you would benefit from, right? Like, I'm not going to say need to do, but it would help. And what do you see in people about, like, shifting this friend state? Yeah, you know, I struggle with this myself. So maybe I'm not the best person to ask as far as how to make friends. Because being 24, I hardly have, like, 
no friends. I just have a lot of people that are, well, I guess some of my friends are a coach. Like I, I consider you a good friend, Will. Um, so, I mean, I guess, you know, it comes down to what is your definition of a friend? Cause, uh, you know, to me going through college and high school and things like that, a friend was somebody that I hang, I hang out with a few, like a few, like a few, excuse me, a few times a week and we're socializing and things like that. But maybe a friend doesn't have to mean that you're having to socialize every single week. Maybe a friend is somebody you can just call up like once a month just to kind of check in um, and just kind of see how things are going as well too. So I think, you know, starting there with like really defining what a friend means, you know, cause just talking with like you like that. Oh, you're good. No, I said, oh, I like that a lot. And like, I, I agree. Like I have friends all over the world. Like I spend most of my twenties traveling. So like I occasionally like one of my best friends lives in Africa. Right. So like, that's not the person I get to see very often, but it's a person that I like really matters to me. And I, I agree. Like this friend doesn't necessarily have to be this person who lives in your same city. Yeah. And I think it's important to say that. And, you know, it's, it's funny because I never realized what that meant until just talking with you right now, like being able to define what a friend is, is it is like the first step. And then from there, you know, I think it's a matter of being able to find um, the right mentors, the, the right friends can be maybe at first a tricky slope, because once you find that first person, you're probably going to find um, a few more that kind of are like in that same um, environment, like you're looking for. But, you know, I think it comes down to um, being able to first identify, you know, where where you're wanting to go in life. Right. Because if because if you're unsure, you know, where you're at versus where you're trying to go, then there's no way that we're going to be able to, you know, lay the foundation of uh, of the bridge and kind of walk the walk unless we kind of have a clear vision of kind of where you're going. So I think, you know. We're talking about how to, you know, find the right environment, find find the right friends and really trying to, um, excuse me, trying to surround yourself with that right in, environment. But before we do that, I think we almost have, have to take a step back and really identify, you know, where are you going? That way you can have the right support system and the right mentorship to be able to keep on going down that path. Yeah, man, I agree. Like, you just need to have kind of that support structure and someone there, and that can be however it looks, right? It just just is what it what it looks like. Um, and I think also being open to making those changes and really looking for it, right? I think we get closed off. You're right. When I was your age, it was a lot. It was a lot easier in many ways. So it's like, it's kind of a different vibe. But I think a lot of the time as we get older and we move forth, like we get very used to this um, comfort zone or space that we build for ourselves over the years. And it can be really difficult to like allow other people in, even though that would be the best thing for us. And I think sometimes you don't even necessarily need to like cut the ties that you know you need to cut. If you just let enough other people in, they will like slowly flood it out. Right? It's like filling a filling a jar with water. If you have really murky water, eventually, if you pour enough other water into it, it'll it'll push out the murky water. We can just slowly kind of make that shift, and it tends to do really well for us. Yeah. So you mentioned that getting into fitness is like really important for like anxiety and depression and stuff for you a while ago. 
And I think there's a lot of crossover to that with a lot of the people I coach. Like a lot of a lot of the time, if you're running 100 miles, there's like something there. And usually it's some like management for mental health stuff. Um, and I'm pretty open with everybody that I have. Like I struggle with depression. I definitely have mental health stuff. Like this is a topic that really matters to me. Um, so, and that we should normalize. I'm also a thing, a believer that we should normalize this topic. So like, how have you found that to be super supportive for you? And how have you used that in your life in a way that like doesn't take over, but it's really helpful. That's a good thing to ask, Will. And I'm glad, I'm really, really glad you brought that up. Um, so I think exercise is a great tool for mental health, but I do believe that it could be something that could become abusive if if done the wrong way, right? And what I mean by that is because I was that way. I was so depressed and had lots of anxiety that like I would go to the gym after working 10 hours on on, on my feet on the golf course doing man doing excuse me, doing manual labor work. And I would go to the gym six to seven days a week, work out two hours a day, right? Like that, that's just way too much intensity. Um just because I'm on my feet and I'm walking 20 miles a day, basically on the golf course and then going home and then doing those workouts, it's just way too much intensity. Right. So although I do believe that, um, weightlifting, uh, more exercise is something that can be helpful for your mental health. I do believe it's something that can be abusive. So I do want to just put that out there, but two, um, from a, from a, physiological level. Um, I don't know all the science. I do know that, you know, if the people that are, um, watching this in the Facebook group are listening in on, you know, wherever they are, you know, when is the last time you went to the gym and you had like that really, really good workout? How much better did you feel whenever you left? Excuse me, whenever you left, right? Like you had lots of en endorphins, you were feeling good. And you know, it, that carried over to like, to like the rest of your day as well too. So, you know, I, I do believe, and there's a lot of research showing, um, I believe there was a new study that came out. I haven't looked at it more specifically, but I, I heard about it that exercise is more powerful than some of the antidepressants that we find. Absolutely. And that's huge. Like if, if you can do weight training and not have to take medication, because I mean, I've looked at some of the side effects for antidepressants, and there's a lot of side effects come with that. And the, you know, there can be some side effects that can come from um, weight training and exercise and all that as well, too, as far as it, it can become abusive if you let it. But, you know, I, I do believe that have, have weight training as like your, your, your foundation for your mental health but really, you know, try and uncover, you know, may, may, maybe do like some journaling, like some um, yoga, meditation, uh, things like that to help you bring more awareness to the situation. Because if 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 you're going into the gym or like you're going on these runs, because I know like a lot of people that are um, watching this are listening in or, you know, running crazy amounts of miles. If 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 you're doing this because you hate the way your life is or you hate, you know, 
where you are so much that you just want to, you know, do that, there's going to get to a point to where you don't want to beat yourself up anymore, right? Like we can only hate ourselves for so long. So I believe it's important, um, you know, to not only exercise because, you know, you just don't like your life or like you hate the way you look or whatever it might be. But, you know, we, we, we have to make this transition of I'm doing this because I care about myself and I want to, you know, have a more successful future. Sure, man. And I feel like there's this saying kind of in the running community a lot of the time where it's like you're either running to something or you're running from something. And like, I think there's a lot of validity to that. And it doesn't necessarily need to be either or. Like we can start with exercise because you're running from something and it can be moving towards running to something, right? Like you, this can be a developing process. Like I definitely started exercising because I that didn't like the way I looked, didn't like myself, like didn't like a lot of the stuff. And that had a lot of really negative carryover for a very long time. Like losing weight and building muscle just doesn't take that long in the grand scheme of things. Working on your mental health takes a lot longer, right? And like, I'm still not necessarily there, but I feel like being aware of how to like integrate this movement practice, whatever it may be, lifting, running, yoga, et cetera, is an important thing. And like, I'm not going to negate pills. Like my dad was on SSRIs for a lot of my life and it kind of made him a human that was better to be around. Right. So like sometimes they're a very useful thing. Um, But a lot of the time we also need to do a little bit of mental processing, Mm. go to therapy, do something, write a journal. I don't care. Like see a professional. Like I think it's a great thing to be able to integrate whatever your practice is into this mental health space because if you're struggling it probably means we need to do some work and much like lifting stuff or running like not all that work's going to be pleasant so it can be helpful to have like a bit of a guide to push you through it yeah i couldn't agree more and you know something that i've been doing for the past six months that's been a huge um a huge thing in my life that has led to a lot of growth mentally is just 10 minutes a day i go outside and I just be present. I slow down my breathing. I get off my phone. I maybe even close my eyes and just, just be one with nature. And like, that might sound silly. Um, but you know, cause in this day and age, we're just on the go 24 seven, you know, some people that are, um, watching this are listening in, maybe they have kids and like, they're just constantly bouncing from task to task. So, you know, maybe, one of the best things you can do for your mental health is just slow down for 10 minutes a day and just trying to just be more present with yourself. Um, Cause a lot of people, you know, they don't even, they don't like being with, with themselves. And, you know, that might be like a really, really good place to start is like start being more present with yourself and try and figure out why you don't like being with yourself. For sure, man. And I think that's just like a lot of the space. And I probably end up talking about that more with people than I do the physics of a squat, right? <laughs> like that's, that's a lot of the, the root for it. It's like figuring out exactly what you're, what you're looking for. Yeah. Man. Um, I think that's really helpful. I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, I have a little more time. Um, is there anything else you want to say before we like break this? Um, not, not necessarily. Um, you know, one thing I will, will say, Will, um, cause I say this on every training now and every podcast as well too, because right now, um, if you go on the internet, 
you have a robot that can tell you information for everything you could possibly know right now, right? Um, and you have Google that can tell you a lot of things as well too. So all of the information in the world is out there right now. So with more and more information coming out, more and more people are, you know, they're setting unrealistic, unrealistic expectations that are breaking promises to, to themselves and they're lacking confidence because they're not being able to fulfill on a promises that they kept to themselves. So the last thing I will say here to people that are listening in is, you know, rather than seeking more information today, how can you apply some of the information that you've already gotten? Because more information is not, is not powerful, but applied information is. So, you know, from this podcast, if, if you could go back to something that we said that resonated a little bit and, you know, talking about being present with yourself or, you know, maybe, um, putting yourself in a better environment. Like how can you tactically apply something in these next couple of days to where, you know, it's going to move the needle forward? Because if you just, if you just click play on this podcast and listen and don't do nothing right after it or, you know, in the next 24 hours, nothing's going to happen. So how can you take what we applied or excuse me, how can you take the information that we gave you today and apply it so we can move the needle forward and you can keep on going where you want to go? Yeah, man, couldn't agree more. Like, if you're not going to apply it, like, I feel like a lot of us feel like we need more information. We just don't. We just need to actually do something with the information we have. So, yeah, couldn't agree more. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, man. I really appreciate you coming on and hanging out. Yeah, Will, thank you so much, man. I greatly um, appreciate the opportunity. Hang out for one sec. Uh, Everybody else, thank you very much. And we'll be back soon with another one. Thank you for listening to the Trail and Ultra Running Training Podcast. Honestly, I'm still surprised and honored that anybody wants to hear what I have to say, so thank you. To be clear, not a doctor, nor a registered dietitian, or any other kind of medical professional. I'm a personal trainer, a nutrition coach, and a running coach, and I have a passion for training trail runners. You should always speak with a qualified medical professional before making any changes to your training or nutrition program. If you enjoyed the podcast or found it helpful, please take a second to leave a rating or review. I'd really appreciate it. Or you could just share it with someone for whom you think it might be helpful. I make these kinds of things in order to provide more quality, free resources to people. So the more people who hear it, the better. If you want more of this information, please head to the Trail and Ultra Running Training Group on Facebook, where we discuss all aspects of training so you can have more fun doing the sport that you love. Thank you again for listening.